0: It is truly a privilege to be with you this afternoon. Uh, now, mind you, I understand that it is Saturday afternoon, uh, <clears throat> and uh, I don't know who cooked those hamburgers, but they were awesome. Were they not awesome? That was that was a it was a meal in itself. And I trust that you have come praying this afternoon that the Lord would bless with a spiritual meal as well. Now, we've already experienced a considerable uh, little appetizer right here. I tell you that was good, brother Tim. Lord bless you. I appreciate you very much. I have a I have a quote framed on my wall at the office. I keep it in the front of my Bible. <clears throat> and and from time to time, I just have to open this up and take a look at it and read it for myself. It's a quote by Martin Luther and he says, if I profess with the loudest voice and clearest exposition, every portion of the truth of God, except that point, Which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved, and to be steady on all the battlefield besides is mere flight. And disgrace if he flinches at that point. When I got the text message yesterday afternoon that Brother Ronald wanted to know if I was going to make it, and if I would, if I was going to make it, would I be able to speak this afternoon? Uh, I immediately responded by saying, "When somebody cancel on you, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, that's kind of the way we are, right? You know, uh, well, somebody must have canceled. Somebody's flight got canceled, or somebody had an issue back home. Uh, but I do appreciate very much the opportunity to stand before you this evening. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity, and I thank you for your Fellowship, and I appreciate very much your prayers. I'd like to draw your attention to the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. And I want to begin reading in verse 17, Acts chapter 20 and verse 17. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shewed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Bear with me. And now... Behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day, that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God." I'd like to focus my remarks on verse 22 where Paul says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. The unknown. Satan's greatest tool of 2020 and up until this point in 2021 has been the fear of the unknown the fear of the unknown and I'm like someone else that I heard say this the other year while I'm back i don't want any, i don't want god's people to be afraid anymore There is no reason, as we've heard so ably preached this morning and last night and just a few minutes ago, there is no reason for God's people to be in fear of the unknown because we know what the final outcome is going to be. Now I love my wife. I love my children. I really love my grandchildren, and I want you to. <laughs> I want you to know, brother Chris and brother David, they know two of my little grandchildren, and and I'll tell you right now, there are two of them in Lakeland, Florida, that have someone in McClinney, Florida, wrapped right around their little finger. Amen. All they have to do is say biscuit, and he's there. Okay. <laughs> You'll amen that one, right? I wasn't here last night because my 17-year-old granddaughter, I have a granddaughter that's 17 years old. I'm not old, I just started young, okay? <clears throat> Graduated high school, soon gonna be attending Ole Miss. <sighs> I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for this. Paul says, I know that there are bonds and afflictions that abide me. I know that there are problems on every hand. This world in which we live is in turmoil. And if we stay focused on, if, if, I, I would encourage every one of you to just turn the news media off. Their prime objective now is to just strike fear. And, and, and when Paul here, understand that the Apostle Paul here, this is the man, this is the man that was on the road to Damascus, had, had letters of authority, he had paperwork that said, I can put you all in prison, I can even have you stoned to death if I want to. I can do do anything I want with you. You're you're like putty in my hands. That's how powerful this man was. And on the road to Damascus, as he struck down on that road, he hears this voice. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Who is it, Lord? There's the first question that every disciple ought to be asking. I want to know more about you. I want to know more about the Lord. Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we came here today? Isn't that the reason we're here today? To learn more about the Lord. And I'll tell you right now, the brightest mind on the face of the earth, with all the spiritual wealth that could be given him, will never fully grasp everything there is to know about the Lord. John said... He closed his book by saying, if everything that he did were written down, he said, I suppose the world wouldn't contain the volumes. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. That's a pretty powerful statement. Paul here, he says, I'm towards the end of my journey. I'm getting to the point where there's some things going on and and I don't like what's going on, and, I, and, I, and I've got to go to Jerusalem. And have you ever, you know, have you ever been, had a burning desire to go somewhere? Now listen, y'all, I spent two days this week, Thursday and Friday, in a chiropractor's office because I was down in my back. The two people back there and my wife begged me not to make this trip. And I said, no, I've got to go. Why? Because I'm, I was bound in the spirit to be here and it had nothing to do, it had absolutely nothing to do with me being up here. I just wanted to be, I wanted to be with God's people again. Amen. I'm tired of being afraid. Yeah. I'm tired of being afraid. I want to be with God's people again. If God is truly, sovereignly in control, then I'm tired of being afraid. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> now, let's get to, let's get, <clears throat> Paul says here, he said, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. He's called now for the elders of the church, the, the ministers, the, the and, and I believe even, you know, the, the, the aged people of the church. Those, who, Paul had a special bond with these people. He loved them dearly. And they were come. Kind of, he said, you know, here's what you know. That from the first day I came to Asia, to what manner I have been with you with all seasons serving the Lord of the whole, humility of mine. Now, there's a thought right there, isn't it? I remember, I remember, you know, I remember hearing Elder Sonny Powell say, whenever I first started preaching, I didn't think I was doing, pre- I wasn't preaching unless I was skinning an Armenian. Said so it took him so many years to figure out their highs wasn't worth that much, you know. <clears throat> humility. One of the things that I've learned since, Brother Ronald, one of the things that I've learned since that we're now on First Street instead of back in the country, back out in the, in the edge of the city there, where no one in town knew who, where we were. No one in town knew who we were, no one in town. And I began to go around, you know, and, and I'd introduce myself as the pastor of New Hope Church, and I'd say, well, where's that? I said, well, we're over on back, uh, you know, back up here in this spot back here. Oh, well, we never go there. And then when we moved out on the main drag, I said, oh, I know where you are. We're under the golden arches. You know what I'm saying? We're right next door to McDonald's. (laughs) That's how prime the real estate is. Okay. You got that right. It's prime real estate. And people say. Now instead of saying. Oh. Okay. Now they say. Well now. What is a primitive Baptist? I don't know anything about the primitive Baptist. And so now I've got a new task. (laughs) I have to uneducate people who are educated and re-educate them according to the doctrines of grace. And listen to what Paul said. With humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations fill me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, and have, but have shewed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, from house to house. Here's a man that was so powerful at one point in the Jews' religion that he could have just had every one of us put in a paddy wagon and carried off to, to prison. And, and, and I said, it was you who were talking about this morning being in prison, right? Be, being in jail, yeah. Well, I'll share this little story with you, okay? I was about 13 years old, and uh, my mother's family is from southern Illinois. And they're in southern Illinois, and in the city of Marion, Illinois, there is a federal penitentiary there. Now, uh, my uncle had a little traveling baseball team. And I'm visiting, and guess where the traveling baseball team is playing <laughs> that weekend? <laughs> at Marion at the federal penitentiary. You want to get your, your shoes scared off, I'm here to tell you right now. I'm like you, Brother David. I, I swear, I have a whole new respect for the, for the penal system of this country. And I can explain it by this. There there was an umpire there that was calling balls and strikes, of course, you know, behind the plate. And one of the gentlemen that was on my uncle's team uh, made the statement, well, I don't think he knows where he is. And one of the guys in the other dugout said, that man's in Marion Federal Penitentiary. He knows exactly where he is. That really had a lot of weight for a 13-year-old boy, okay? Okay. Humility, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And and now he says, behold, he said, I'm bound in the spirit and I'm going to Jerusalem. And I know whenever I get there that there's going to be problems. You see, he's already been in Jerusalem once and he's already had problems there before and he knows that there's going to be problems besetting him whenever he comes this time. And he says, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Everywhere I go, every person that I talk to is telling me, Paul, you cannot go to Jerusalem. If you go, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to happen to you. That's what's going to happen to you. They're going to put you in prison. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Everyone that he talked to told him that there was something different going to happen to him. And he said, it doesn't matter to me. Why is it so important, you see? Why is it so important? What's the message? What's the message? Well, the message is this, he says. He said, none of these things move me to the kind of my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. You know, there's a big difference in running the race effectively and running it just to win. I I don't. I don't care whether I win the race anymore. I just. I'm not as competitive as I used to be. I just want to have fun. We were at a little kids' ball game the other night, and and I'm surprised to see how that parents have ruined. T-ball for children. Right. Parents have ruined it. You know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And then, oh, well, you have, it, was, it was a good try. No, 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 come on. Let's be serious. Let's just let kids have fun. Seven-year-olds don't have to be Mark McGuire, okay? Every time they hit the ball, they do not have to knock it over the fence. And if they don't hit the ball, then work with them a little harder. I want to finish my course with joy, not not just be first. And then he says, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God." Paul says, "Paul says, I know that bonds and afflictions bide me. Why should it be any different this time?" He says. Notice what he says in in, in uh in first in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter eleven. He said, verse 24, he said, of, Jew, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten; uh, was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Paul understood a little bit about peril, didn't he? He understood a little bit about what it was like to have a stripe on his back. He says, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul had a love, you see, for the people of God. Why is it that Brother David and Brother Chris got on a plane and and flew up here and came to this meeting? It was because of the love of the people of God. I asked a preacher one time, I said, Can you possibly pastor a church that you're not really in love with? He said, You can if you love the cause of Christ. That hit me like a ton of bricks. You know what? Wasn't long after that that the love of the cause of Christ caused me to have a love for the people, That's right. people that I, you know, now, and I shared I shared this the other just the other day. Uh, I'm an outdoorsman. I I loved a turkey hunt and deer hunt. You know, uh, there's not much I enjoy more other than being with God's people, you know, but whenever I'm not in this situation here, there's nothing I enjoy more than the smell of gunpowder burning. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I, just, I just love it. I do. And, uh, uh, and, and But this is the church that I pastor. I'm the only one there that turkey hunts. I'm the only one there that deer hunts. I don't know anything about real estate, and yet there's two or three real estate agents there. I know nothing about you know some of the other things we don't, have, we, don't, we don't really have anything in common outside the church, but because of the love of Christ, we have a lot in common. you see, because it's the love of Christ, we, it's, it's, the, it's that bond that bond, brother Tim, that you know that binds us together it's that hope of heaven and immortal glory that keeps us bound together. And Paul says, I'm bound. I'm going in the spirit into Jerusalem. And he said, I want he said I want to finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel of the grace of God. I heard it said this morning. That Isaiah is a favorite book. My favorite book of the Bible, by the way, is Revelation. I know that strikes fear in some people's minds, but you know, uh, but it's my favorite book. Listen to Isaiah 52 and verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace. That bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Aren't you glad that God's in control? Aren't you glad that God's reigning? Thy watchman shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing, for, for, uh, for they shall see eye to eye. Wow. The spirit of the Lord blesses people who have nothing in common to have a lot in common. When the Lord shall bring again Zion, break forth into joy, sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. I want you to tell you today, aren't you glad God has seen fit that the Lord hath redeemed Jerusalem? So well, what is all this about? What, why, why is he so bound? What, what's the issue here? Well, I want to I share this with you. I was telling Brother David a while ago. <clears throat> the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ It's a message of grace. It's a message of grace. Uh, I don't want to be bound by the law. I, I, I can't function under the law. I'm a sinner. I need grace. I need grace for dying. But today I need grace just to live. We all need grace. We all need it, Uh, you know, and and I've, since my grandchildren are are going off to college, I'm getting closer to the time, you know, and my wife had a heart attack last year and I've really been just (sighs) melancholy, you know. There's a lot of doubts, there's a lot of fears. We all have fears, Brother Chris, we all do. But God didn't give us the spirit of fear. He didn't give us that. And so what is the message that Paul is saying here? That Luke is recording, I believe Luke is recording Paul's message here by the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit when he says, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide in me. But none of these things move me. Why do they not move me? Because there's a treasure in this book. There's a treasure in understanding the writings of this book. There's a treasure in, in here. In the heart, there's a treasure that says that this message, the message of salvation, deliverance by a sovereign, righteous, and holy God, it's worth dying for. It's the message, it's the message, Brother Tim, that, that lets you get a night's sleep whenever you know you're going to have to speak the next day. It's the message that helps us along the way. It's the message that says, you know, uh, I, I have the privilege, I have the opportunity to stand and tell God's people that heaven is going to be your home. And that there is nothing that the devil can do to take that away from you. He can take the joy away from you. He did it to David. He did it to David. He did it to some other people. Did it to Moses. I'm sure he's probably done it to everyone sitting under the sound of my voice at some point in their life today. But he cannot take away the surety of your salvation. Paul says, I'm bound in the Spirit, and it doesn't matter what happens to me there. It doesn't matter. Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to go, and I'm going. See, there's there's a problem in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is trying to go back under the law. The churches in Jerusalem are being Judaized, and they're trying to go back. And Paul says, I need to go back because I was there once. I was under that law. And I want to explain to them as best of my ability one more time that God is in control and that Jesus died for my sins. And therefore, I don't have to worry anymore. I don't have to be afraid anymore. There's no reason for God's people to fear heaven and immortal glory. Now, don't get me wrong. I, now, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this right here, and then I'm going to I'm going to get out. Okay, I promise. There's uh, a gentleman back home. He says, "Now, when Brother Mike says he's fixing the clothes, that doesn't mean he's fixing the clothes." All right, but <clears throat> I'm I'm, I'm going to say this. Back up at Bethel, there was a dear brother up there that he used to uh, tell me all the time. He said, "Now, when when the Lord's ready for me to go, I'm ready to go." but if there's another bus going tomorrow, I'd just as soon wait for that one. Well, his bus finally came the other day, okay? And that dear brother, for all the problems that that were experienced in his 94 years on this earth, I want to tell you right now, he's happy he took that bus ride. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer.